Hello, this is Digital Accessibility, the people behind the progress. I'm Joe Walensky, the creator and host of this series. And as an accessibility professional myself, I find it very interesting as to how others have found their way into this profession. So let's meet one of those people right now and hear about their journey. All right. Well, we are set to go for another episode of this podcast where I have the opportunity to talk with an accessibility practitioner about their life and work with accessibility. And today I am very pleased to be speaking with Marie Vandrisha. Hello, Marie. How are you today? Hi. I'm okay today. I'm very hot, very hot here in Amsterdam today. It's about 30 degrees Celsius, maybe more. I'm not sure what the Fahrenheit uh, translation will, uh, will be, but you can Google it. Uh, otherwise, I'm doing uh, great. Summer is starting. Uh, life is nice and relaxed. I hope you're doing great too. Well, it is good. And uh, I it, believe it, uh, well, it's, I know it's not as hot as it is in Europe right now, but I am located on a place called Vashon Island, which is near Seattle, Washington, where my company Blink has its headquarters. And so it's good to make this international connection. And I want to thank you for uh, participating today. Uh, as uh, always, uh, a good place to start is if you could tell us a little bit about your current position and the work that you're involved in. So I'm here at the company that I'm in now. Uh, it's called Ank Inc. I've been here now for four months. Um, and I'm doing, it's a development and design company for, uh, it's a non-profit for non-profit organizations. That's their mission. Uh, they work for charities, for um, social uh, impact goals. Uh, and I'm a UX designer. I used to, I've been that for a while. I used to work uh, at other places. Uh, so I uh, made uh, the change to this uh, um, company. I look at designs. Um, we work on different projects. I work with clients as well. So, um, I'm, and I'm also very much uh, invested in accessibility. And some things are going well, but it can al always go better. So from the UX, UI perspective, but also from coding. So as a company, um, you can always uh, improve. So I'm trying to get that, uh, that ball rolling. Well, what are some of the things that you often do on a daily basis or a weekly basis? What are some of the things that make up the work that you do for accessibility in your position? So we have uh, requests from clients. Um, this is about applications or websites uh, that they don't want to use or they can't use anymore. They ask us to have a look and we give them advice, we consult, um, we uh, advise for design, UX and content. 
And then we also work with our development team. So from code base, uh, we also look at um, yeah, what we can do to make it better. And then we go back to the customer, we give them advice, but we also stress the urgency of accessibilities because lots of clients don't know that yet. Uh, so that is something that we um, take into account for the MVP, the minimal viable, viable product. Uh, so we hope to uh, affect change that way. Um, and we have uh, an interesting uh, situation where we had a refinement for one application or one app um, and they said what we, uh, what we want to do is we want to take away as a contact option the email address. So we want people to give them the opportunity to only call. And I said, well, phones are uh, not very easy for me. I want to use email. That would, be, that would work very, very well for me. So if I hadn't been here, they would have changed to a telephone number rather than an email address. So that would have... Um, had a negative impact on their accessibility. So that is something that I try to do to make people aware of uh, what tools to use, but also how the hierarchy works. Um, there is a disadvantage uh, for uh, websites of apps when they're done, um, when people uh, develop them themselves, give the content and then it goes wrong. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that we can go back to basics and give them advice before they start rather than uh, after the fact. Well, I want to learn more about the work that you do, but one of the important parts of this program is to find out how people found their way to being an accessibility practitioner. And so uh, for, uh, for us, it's uh, often a combination of live life, work life experiences. Uh, what would be, oh, let's go back in time and maybe you could talk about your first exposure to uh, the importance of accessibility, and then we can move uh, forward in time to get back to where we are today. So there's two separate ways that led to me being here right now. So I started at a, a very small company in, uh, in Utrecht where they designed for the government. They always said uh, accessibility is important, but there's also there was also a focus on making all the administration stuff more uh, accessible, not the, only the WCAG levels and, and requirements, but also um, to make everything accessible to all um, all participants, all members of society. And that is something that I didn't realize uh, until then. So I learned uh, something about that, started learning to code, uh, but then focused more on design later on. Um, and so we uh, had some standards, uh, standard issues that you need to take into account when you develop a website. So that is something that I learned. And also someone, asked me, how do you experience accessibility as a deaf person, as a designer? Um, what is your perspective on web accessibility? And I never thought about that before someone asked, before they asked me that question. So I started to talk to people and I realized that many, many people don't understand how things, uh, how you can make internet accessible to deaf people. 
Um, so most people say, ah, text is text, so people can read it. And if we have a video, we can put subtitles on it uh, and captions, uh, but that is not enough. A lot of deaf people have um, issues with the spoken language of their own um, country. So for Dutch deaf people, uh, Dutch is more difficult than Dutch sign language because the grammar differs. Uh, same would go for America, I suppose. Uh, so there are a lot of issues involved in that as well. Uh, so I developed, uh, I put together a talk that I have delivered on a couple of occasions where I uh, gave people some uh, information on designing for deaf people, but that doesn't solve, that's not, people the only, most of the time think uh, one or two solutions uh, help. Uh, but no, there's, a, there's an impact on lots and lots of domains. There's an impact on uh, hierarchy or uh, impact from sound uh, uh, and all kinds of other things that are present in websites that exclude deaf people and that the outer world is not uh, aware of. So it's experiences from my own life, from my friends, uh, and I started to research, research that. People told me about their uh, issues. Um, and on the other hand, I have an aunt who is nearly 70 and she is a hearing person, but still I see her uh, experience um, trouble with accessing internet as well. So the most simple things she doesn't understand, she finds it difficult to navigate uh, and she asks me to come and help her. Uh, and then those are kind of like the three things that make me uh, that led me here. So that made me decide I want to do something with this. And the fact that I'm deaf myself, obviously, um, I can kind of like point to where things go wrong. I can, uh, I can tell that from my own experience, but also from my own expertise. Uh, and so that led to me being interested in accessibility. Um, and it's my conviction that everybody should be able to use internet, uh, regardless of what issues you may have. It should be usable for everyone. Well, thank you for sharing that information about your experience being deaf. And uh, I would like to uh, ask a little bit more about that um, for, your, for your own education um, as a person who is deaf. Um, what was your experience with accessibility it, as it was at, the, at that time to be able to support you? Uh, different people grow up in different environments with different support. And so I was curious as to what your support was in your learning uh, and uh, in, in your environment. Well, I had conversations with lots of people um, and especially the first uh, company that I uh, worked at, they taught me, but I've done a lot of research myself. I uh, went to courses, uh, but that was also very difficult because most of that was uh, based on coding or sound. Uh, and that was also always an issue for me. And I wanted to show that I was, a, I was an expert, but I meant that that meant that I, I should be able to work or follow a course that was based on sound. Uh, 
So the basic rules of the WCAG, um, yeah, as, a, as a, an expert were uh, very difficult to fulfill. So that was really difficult, but luckily I did, I did manage to, uh, uh, to succeed. Um, but also I hope to get more experience as well and I get closer to developers as well uh, and, uh, and exchange uh, information. And the dev community is very small, very diverse as well. It's actually the same as it's a very good representation of society in general. Um, so we have the, uh, you know, I, you have friends that look like you or, um, but especially the people that are not in my own bubble, that those are the people that I learn the most uh, from. So in the communication that works on Facebook, for example, um, that is something that I can learn a lot from. Um, and the way that people communicate is mostly via sign and then via video and not via writing. So no less chatting than video messages. Um, so I'm, I'm looking into that, I'm doing some research, but I do that by myself. So it's all based on my own personal experience. One of the reasons I want to uh, ask you about that in more detail is, is because it, it is a problem that within organizations, uh, if the uh, if the tools and the support isn't there to people with uh, who may be uh, deaf or blind, it, it's difficult or impossible to be able to be an equal partner in conducting the work. Uh, and so, uh, I, I know that that's a problem that I see among. Uh, organizations uh, in my field all the time where we may be doing accessibility for users of our products, yet within many organizations, we don't have the support built in to be able to uh, have people like yourself uh, involved in the process. It sounds like uh, you've, you've been able to to find your way for a long time as a graphic designer and, and in user experience. Um, is, uh, it, were you just fortunate in your experience or is you just find a lot of support at your organizations? Yeah, they did give me the space to go to course. They gave me time and space to invest in those courses, for example. Um, but it's a very interesting question, yeah. Um, I think that I always have to do that extra little bit harder, more work. I have to work a little bit harder. I have to go out actively and get the information. The world is based on sound. Um, when you're hearing, it's very easy to get access to information, gossip, um, the things that people talk to, to each other about uh, at work. Um, so those are the things that I don't, um, yeah, incidentally um, learn that information. So I need to actively go out and get that information. And that is very tiring sometimes. And it's also not fun. Um, it would be better, um, well, the, the fact is that because of these circumstances, 
I have lesser opportunities yeah, to get a promotion or to get another position because those kinds of talks are, you know, they have, people have those at the coffee machines and those are that the information that I miss. Um, uh, and that makes, uh, yeah, it, 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 that causes me to have to work a little bit harder always. And sometimes I have good days and sometimes I have bad days. But I've noticed that I need to find uh, an environment for myself where I, where I feel safe and connected and where I can make sure that people uh, are willing to develop some awareness. Um, but it, it is a constant um, yeah, hurdle, yeah. And that is something that I have to accept in life. It's part of my life. I wish things were different, but they're not. And that doesn't uh, mean that I should change who I am. I'm perfect the way I am. I'm very happy with the person I am. Um, but I think that uh, for people who are um, like me, they should be able to have other positions, higher positions as well, to show as a role model that it's possible. Uh, I mean that. I, I mean, some people uh, have to work twice as hard to get to where they want to be. And if you're a role model, um, yeah, I think I'm aware of that. I'm also uh, a teacher. I teach at the University of Applied Sciences here in Amsterdam. Um, and I started teaching last year, this year, and I uh, am a supervisor for the MA theses. And that works really well because they see me as their teacher. They see me as someone who is a good UX designer. I'm not a deaf person to them. Um, so that means that I am a, a, a role model to them as well, to show that it doesn't really matter if I'm deaf or not. It's about the skills and the competences that I have. Um, so I hope that when they go out into the world, uh, they also have this experience that it's okay to work with deaf people, for example. But it's something that is information that I need to keep, uh, I need to keep informing people always. So not only the deaf community, for other deaf people that it's possible to get to where I've come, but also for hearing people as well. Uh, but yeah, the, 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 the end of it all, the, the summary of this whole story is the fact is that I work hard, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your story and experiences on that. And let's now talk uh, more about your work uh, for accessibility. And so um, what are some of the things that uh, looking forward into the future that you are you know, interested in working on to create better accessibility? Um, are there any particular uh, areas that you're interested in focusing on for accessibility in your organization? Um, are there certain things that you feel maybe haven't been uh, given enough uh, attention so far that you'd look forward to working on in the future. So I'm putting out a lot of ideas there, but just uh, you know, briefly, it's just about your idea of what you're looking forward to uh, working on moving forward.
What I've noticed is um, if you talk about accessibility and inclusion, those are very hot topics right now. And that's good. That's very good. Um, but where I would like to go is that we don't need these terms anymore. A world where uh, why would we have to specifically label things as being accessible or inclusive? If that was a fact, then we shouldn't have to uh, uh, label those things anymore. So that would be my ideal. Um, and what I hope for the future, uh, it doesn't really matter where I am, but that accessibility would be a standard requirement for anything um, uh, that you, what your end product is. Um, and how to get there is through, through education and to have people um, get that ingrained in their vision and in their mission of their com companies. But I think we will get there, but it will take some time. Um, I think that people have an idea that uh, designs have to be beautiful or that accessibility is not beautiful, but it doesn't have to be ugly. It can go hand in hand, beautiful and accessible. And I think many people don't realize that yet. Um, I think it's good to show, uh, to give some representation of that. So that, that lens, uh, that awareness. Uh, and I wanna give some examples. The, the thing that I can do is show, 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 uh, um, um, well, how a grandmother uses internet, for example, you know, so that it's, that the awareness grows. And that is what I miss still um, is attention to diversity. Uh, many design companies, um, they work in their own uh, bubble. They work together with people that look like themselves. So they don't um, meet other perspectives of other people. Um, they still keep going in their own world. Um, but I would say, get out of that world. Friction isn't, isn't the bad thing, so look for that. Um, and as far as me personally goes, um, what I would, uh, I'm a very hopeful uh, that I can go, that I can grow in my career, that I become someone that um, leads a team, for example. Um, um, but I don't know how that works still, so that I still have to develop and grow in that uh, direction. But I think I'm diverging a little bit. Is this an answer to your question? That's uh, exactly the type of uh, response I was looking for, uh, just to get your thoughts uh, about the future. Okay. Uh, and then one, uh, one uh, last area I wanted to talk about is more about the practical way that uh, you work with accessibility at your organization uh, on a regular basis. And uh, for example, uh, when is accessibility brought into the design process at your organization? Um, how is it uh, talked about within members <laughs> of your team? Uh, for a lot of organizations, uh, it can be uh, really difficult to identify the best way to bring in accessibility and then do it in a way that he has measured effective results at the end. Oh, 
that's a very good question. Um, so I've been here for three or four months. I'm still finding my way. Uh, I'm still trying to find out where to drop this topic. Um, I have in, in, in my previous work, I've, I've all, met all kinds of ways to work with accessibility. Um, um, from doing checks to uh, working with a backlog. Uh, where accessibility can also be part of the um, part of the plan. So there's all, all kinds of different ways to approach this. Um, but uh, what I yeah what I want to do is have it tested. But when people test, they test within their own uh, demography. Um, but I want to encourage them to go outside of their own bubble. Um, there is so there are so many more people that will use your website or your app, but if you don't um, take them into account when you when you test, then you lose all these uh, uh, potential clients. But I see now most of our clients now are aware of the fact that accessibility is important, but it's not high enough on the priority list yet. So I hope that my um, expertise and my experience will help to get it. Uh, on the agenda a bit more, uh, and also uh, with my colleagues. So we're working now on um, organizing an accessibility event inter internally within the community for clients as well. Um, and I hope, yeah, I think that for clients, it also has to do with money always. Um, there's money involved. Uh, so I think we should approach it or think from that perspective as well and try to explain that uh, that if you yeah, and give them some data on if you don't do it now, then you're missing out on this particular group of people, which will give you this amount of money loss, which makes you, you know, which makes it interesting to invest the money uh, earlier rather than later, but it's very difficult to work with those kinds of prognosis because they're not real numbers. So I'm trying to look to yeah to find um, more ways to approach this. Uh, there's more. There are more ways leading to Rome, uh, obviously. So I'm trying to uh, see what works. Um, the flow is not really. Uh, defined really so yet, um, but if we have a good defined flow, workflow, then I can identify also the, uh, the moments where we can uh, start discussing accessibility. Um, but for me now, it's still uh, trying to find my way within the company, um, but it's gonna be an exciting time now in the coming uh, months. And I think we learn a lot from uh, each other as well. And it's important to ex exchange experiences um, and also share uh, results um, and good practices, but also bad practices. Um, so the only, I, I gave you the example, like the one utterance that I had, one example that I had of the company that wanted to skip the email address and, and only wanted to have the phone number. There was just one remark that I made and that had such a huge impact um, because they would have gone ahead with it if I hadn't made that uh, comment. Well, Marie, it has been a pleasure to uh, meet you and have this conversation with you. 
Uh, I appreciate this uh, opportunity and uh, um, I look forward to possibly, uh, you know, may meet at a conference sometime in the physical world, but uh, good luck with all of your activities. Thank you. Thank you very much. Same to you. Thank you for your time. All right. Bye bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Joe Walensky, and as host of the Digital Accessibility Program, I like to keep the focus on our amazing guests. But I'm always excited about my role as Accessibility Director at Blink, the producer of this program, and I'd like to share that with you. Blink is the world's leader in evidence-driven design, and we work with a wide variety of clients. Founded in Seattle, we also have offices in Boston, New York, Austin, San Diego, and San Francisco. Our stated mission is to make technology human. Embracing inclusive design and accessibility brings all of us closer to that mission. We bring accessibility in every one of our projects. Our philosophy is that each of our practitioners should understand how accessibility applies to their own work. Accessibility is not a separate department or activity for us. Our researchers, designers, and developers all employ accessibility principles at every stage. If you have a need for research and design services, Blink is a partner with a full-time commitment to making your product or service accessible and a great experience for all of your customers. Some of the specific areas where we can help, using research to better understand the needs of your customers with disabilities, innovating to make sure your accessibility is the best in class design, we can move existing designs to development in a sprint. And maybe most importantly, we provide a turnkey transformation to an accessible site or app. Of course, compliance status is something that we always include as part of the service. If any of this is of interest, please get in touch with me directly at joe at blinkux.com. That's J-O-E at B-L-I-N-K-U-X.com. Thank you. And please take a moment to rate our program in whatever app you use.